Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. Hey. How's it going? It is good. I look forward to these episodes so much, and I hope that our listeners do too. Me too. I mean, school started. It did. Did it did? The kids are back. Yes. I like. I'm so excited. I have zero pull. Zero. I'm not a teacher. I don't have children. I mean, but I appreciate your level of enthusiasm about it. I don't know. There's just something about it. Maybe it's because I know falls like right around the corner. Praise be to all that is holy. Yes. Praise the pumpkin spice latte. I'm actually not a big PSL Me gal, either. but but I am big on boots. I I'm not as big on boots anymore. We talked about that last episode. I'm a barefoot gal now, but I used to love some knee high boots. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I like booties. I like. I like all the way up the leg boots. I like all kinds of boots. I even like the half shoe now that like looks like a boot on the end, but like your, your ankle is or your heel is out. I love all things boots. I have a pair. I'll take a picture later. Yeah, please. I'm, I don't know what they're called. Mules maybe. I don't know. Oh, mules. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm following. I'm super into the fuzzy Uggs that look like Birkenstocks. Those are cute. Or like Chacos. They've got the ankle strap Uh or whatever. Yeah. Because I got sweaty feet and Mm, it gives my, Toes a chance to but fall is so great. You've got you've got hocus pocus season and you've got pumpkins and candles and soup weather and boots and just the leaves change and it's a wonderful week and a half here in South Georgia. Uh it is truly wonderful, truly magical. It's way better than the zero weeks I got in Oklahoma. So I am looking forward to it, but school has started. We're rocking and rolling. Yes. I feel like we've turned the corner of this year. Can't believe it's already No, August. this year is flying. Flying. I feel like I say that every year, but in this particular year, I don't think July happened. Um, I don't know if For I was sure. just so busy or just, it just didn't happen. But from TikTok, everybody's feeling that too. So we will continue to persevere through 2023 Please continue to listen to Fridays with Friends. They've been so fun. Yes. We are rounding up those episodes. So please send in any of your ideas for bonus content. We'll start probably doing some sort of more fun. Not that the Enneagram isn't fun, but like some, you know, special. You get access to these type of bonus episodes in the future. Yes. We're growing. We are. (laughs) And also, we want to grow more. And we really want to do some TikTok live stuff because we have some fun ideas but fun fact about tiktok is you can't go live until you have a thousand followers so if you don't already follow us on social media please look us up at little too much podcast we are on tiktok and instagram Mm -hmm. we would love you to shoot us a follow and also leave a review of the podcast please yeah you know we got to have some shameless plugs in here but i guess without further ado further ado here is our new episode. So disclaimer, this might not be for everybody. True. If you are one of the people that are what we are and are going to talk about, 
you'll know pretty much instantly. If you're not, I would caution you to still listen and think about someone in your life who often says things to you like, what's going on with you? What's wrong? (laughs) Why are you acting that way? Why did your face look that way? Why did you shut the cabinet door like that? Why did you hand me the pillow that way? The list goes on. On and on and on. And that type of a person is called an empath. We love them. We are them. Truth. (laughs) (laughs) Shockingly enough, we're both empaths, which I'd really love to know the... What is it? Ratio? Yeah. Like... like Every one in 10 women or whatever is an empath because we just knocked that statistic straight out the park. Show did. Show did. So. Tell us what an empath is. An empath. An empath. Are individuals who are extremely perceptive of the feelings and emotions of people around them, which typically comes through intuitive abilities. Which sounds a little. kind of is kind of is it made me believe in palm readers and things like that to be completely honest i found validity in it once i figured out what the empath trait what that meant um for me we basically i guess i shouldn't say we empaths are usually they feel a lot more than the average bear they're exceptionally sensitive to emotions in the frame of mind of nearby individuals i think that's huge Mm -hmm. it's not just being around a lot of people Mm -hmm. that's a huge can be a trigger if uh an empath can't set proper boundaries which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. i'm sure yes (laughs) but it's just whatever somebody else is dealing with in their frame of mind we can feel, empaths can feel and understand. Yes. Whether we have been through that experience or not. Correct. Um, and you said the word sensitive, and I want to break that down a little bit in that it's not necessarily when you think of someone who is a sensitive person. It's not so much as an empath isn't typically somebody you're like, well, they wear their heart on their sleeve and they just cry about everything and they're just super sensitive people. That is a separate thing. Uh, An empath is in the in the essence of the word sensitive. Right. And then like you can be heat sensitive or cold sensitive. They are emotion sensitive. Correct. That's a perfect explanation. And a lot of times with, well, most of the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be an empath, it's very chemical. Like you were born or created with more mirror neurons, mm-hmm. which allows people to feel other people's emotions. You have a higher, uh, hyperactive mm-hmm. Mirror, mirror neurons science is not my thing um You're but it's it right. yeah, yeah you know it's fine we that is normal for a lot of people to have a little bit of empathy yeah you can you hear the word empathy mm-hmm. all the time like 
your friend's parent passes away, you'll have empathy for that. If you've been through some sort of loss as well, you've heard of sympathy. Mm -hmm. Those are different emotions. But empath Mm -hmm. is drastically different in the way that our brains, their brains react. Well, and I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, just because I'm an empath doesn't make empathy come easy for me. Correct. So I can still be a super direct person. I can still be, I don't want to say seemingly careless because I don't think I come across as careless, but I still struggle with, like one of the things that they want us to do at work sometimes is like an empathy statement. Okay. If I'm at work and I'm just trying to knock stuff out and I'm trying to have a phone conversation where I'm just needing to check off the bullet points, I'm not thinking about being empathetic. Right. Right. Um, I can show empathy, but but the two are not the same thing. So we, you know, we hear that word empathy and we think about people that can really feel for the person. Right. They feel for their situation. They feel for the circumstance that they're going through. Mm -hmm, An mm -hmm. empath feels the situation. Right. Right. Not so much feels for the situation. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think that's really, really important. You feel the situation. Yeah. Right. So for instance, um, just sorry, honey, for throwing our stuff out there on the podcast, but (laughs) my husband and I've been married for 19 years and, um, I didn't understand what an empath was for a very, very, very long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was married really young and I didn't know what an empath was. I didn't know what trauma was like I didn't have all this context right I wish I had but I didn't right and so I pick fights throughout our marriage not meaning to right it's like I'll be in the kitchen doing dishes and I'm perfectly fine and then he walks in and something's happening right he's not yelling at me he's not whatever but like I feel a shift Right. There is this shift in energy in the room, for lack of a better word. Right. True. And I feel whatever's happening. And I don't always know if it's anger or frustration or sadness. I don't always know the exact emotion he's feeling. But I know that something negative or positive. Right. Has come into the space. Right. Usually if it's negative, I'm going, what's going on? What's wrong with you? And I get the typical male response of nothing, nothing. Right. And I'm like, I call bull crap. Something's wrong with you. Right. Which, what does that do to the dude? He's like, nothing's wrong with me. Why don't you just leave me alone? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And that derails into a discussion. You know. <laughs> a loud one usually when I didn't mean to start an argument right you're perfectly fine doing the dishes exactly I just know that something has changed in my environment now what I'd like to know and I can't speak for you but I I didn't grow up in the super healthy home so I know that I am hyper aware and I learned that more and more as like learning from psychologists and reading books and even watching TikToks from different creators that I am hyper alert to changes in the room because 
I grew up as a person who had to be hyper alert for safety. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? So I had to read the room. I had to read the environment. I had to scan the horizon for what was coming. What mood were they in today? Mm -hmm. So that I could act accordingly. And survive. And survive. And I know that I've carried that into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I know that I'm already scanning for whatever threat there is. Which makes me hyper vigilant. Hyper vigilant. Yeah, you're right. So that's part of it also. But that's what it looks like for an empath. Whereas someone who displays empathy when someone comes in the room, nothing really changes until the person's like, my dog died and I'm really sad. And then the person who is good at displaying empathy goes, oh, oh my gosh, I am so sorry that happened to you. And man, that, that just feels terrible. I, I just know how that feels and that's just awful. And they can really get in the, the middle of that emotion with you and what you're feeling and really make you feel heard and understood and validated. Right. The two aren't the same. They really aren't. And they can go hand in hand. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I grew up in a very healthy home environment, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't talked about, like really our backgrounds, which is really interesting um, that we are discussing it now because I think it does play a huge role. But so while I, ha- I have a very great relationship with both my parents, they're both still living. Um I didn't have a very disruptive childhood as far as I'm concerned. Happy, healthy, all the good things. For me, I think a lot of it, while I don't believe like being an empath is learned, 100% of the time, my parents were both civil servants. Mm -hmm. So I learned from them how to be empathetic and love the least of these and really try to be there for other people. At the same time, I've always been told for as long as I can remember, you would make such a great like therapist. You're such a great listener. You're so in tune. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've heard that since I was a child Mm -hmm. And I always got along with older adults. I was always told I was more mature. Same, born 40. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think necessarily just because you're told you're more mature means you're an empath. No, of course not. But it definitely plays a huge role because if you're able to adjust and feel the environment the way that we can – it doesn't matter the age no. of the person. It's transcendent. It's transcendent. I was rocked to my core when I found out what an empath was. I can vividly, which is ironic, um, <laughs> remember and visualize where I was, who I was talking to, what they were wearing, what I was wearing, when I found out that what all the feelings I was feeling had there was a name for that mm-hmm. and I wasn't, it wasn't weird. And I remember just pouring my heart out to 
uh, a member of the church that I love still to this day. Um, and she was like, are you an empath by chance? And I was like, huh? What? <laughs> you mean, do I have empathy? Yeah, of course I have empathy. And she's like, no, an empath. We sat there for the next, like, probably three or four hours because she's also an empath. And I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because I finally had language to not being able to walk in a room. And, Mm -hmm. like, I felt guilty when I couldn't, like, go to a party or I couldn't, you know, I couldn't enjoy um dinner with my family at a restaurant because everybody around me was going through something and I didn't know how to prepare myself to be Mm -hmm. in those environments I just thought I was super sensitive Mm -hmm. not intuitive intuitive Mm -hmm. and that was a huge turning point for me as far as (laughs) I mean literally 10 minutes before this podcast it occurred to me hearing your story about you and your husband that I go through (laughs) very similar things and I did and I know that I'm an empath and I've known I'm an empath since before I met my husband so well I hope that me sharing that with you can save you some fights that I had to have (laughs) bro I'm like I feel like I need to go apologize but at the same time literally this morning maybe yesterday Um, I, we have a glass shower, so it's all glass and we have a squeegee so that it doesn't get the hard Georgia water, like little droplets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Do we squeegee every time we take a shower? No. No. Do I try? Yes. Yes, Because the little droplets drive me crazy. It's clutter, if you will. (laughs) Well, my husband took a shower before I did Mm -hmm. and he squeegeed. (gasps) Oh. And he admitted to me later that he was really proud of himself because he remembered to squeegee. And he told me about it. And I didn't know about this whole him taking a shower or anything like that. I finish my day. I go upstairs to shower. I see the squeegee on the handle of the shower, not where it normally is. My immediate emotion and thought walking into the bathroom is... Oh, he put that there because he's upset that we can't consistently squeegee the shower, which may not be an empath thing, right? But that it probably is. I then take a shower and I squeegee the mess out of the shower because I feel so guilty. I rearrange the shower so that the squeegee is in a more visible location. I get out of the shower. My husband walks in and he says, I promise there's a point to this story. Oh, I'm here for it. He says, of course you would shower after I squeegeed. Right? And I was like, I was wondering. And he he stops me and he says, did you think I put the squeegee on the handle to remind you to squeegee? And I was like, yeah. Like, and... And he's like, and you probably thought that was really passive aggressive. And I was like, yes, I did. And he was like, no, not at all. He was like, I just finished squeegeeing and I put it there. 
I was like, oh my gosh, we're come, we're cur- turning a corner where he's recognizing when my empath, like my, not my empathy, my empath self is in hyperdrive and I can't set those boundaries and prepare myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I needed to prepare myself to take a shower, to take a shower, mm-hmm. but I felt the emotions that were in there earlier. Wild. So all that to say, I didn't know that. That could cause fights with my husband. And then now, even more so, I do. Right. And I watched it. Him, it even click with him, which is interesting. So it's all a lot. Yes. And, you know, the thing about being an empath is, is that there are a lot of wonderful, amazing benefits of being an empath. For sure. You can, for instance... Walk into a room and be able to kind of gauge the situation without having to speak to a single person. Correct. That can be terrifying and exhausting, but it can also be a relief because you don't have to necessarily have all these conversations to figure things out. You literally can just walk into a room and be like, Mm, this is a room I don't want to be in or, Oh, we're going to have fun here. This is good. Right. Right. Or, you know, that's a great thing. Another thing is it helps you avoid, um, danger. Yeah. Because of it. Right. So that's great. Another thing is when you are in relationships, you can kind of help someone work through something that they don't even realize they're feeling. Correct. Right. They bring their energy and their emotions into a room and they haven't even taken the time to be self-aware and process what's happening. They just have it with them and you can help them unpack that. Right. Right. So there's lots of benefits um, of being an empath. Great storytellers. Great memory. Yes. Um, We always root for the underdog because we literally feel you. Yes. Um, And we're truthful. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's. It's really, lying comes naturally, especially like white lying for a lot of people. Not for me. I legitimately couldn't if I tried. Make me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I would think about it for a long time. You know, and that's great because I value honesty. Oh, a thousand percent. But I would like to be able to hide it off of my freaking face. Right. And I cannot. I cannot. And my husband actually said that in a sermon on Sunday. He was like, or the Sunday before last. He was like, my wife cannot hide anything that she feels or thinks. It's all over her face. Mm -hmm. And so that, I struggle with that. Um, I often often make jokes that like, my heart is saved, my face is not. (laughs) I love that so much. But the... The thing about empaths is that if we don't set proper boundaries, Mm -hmm. if we don't learn how to protect ourselves and our environment, it can be detrimental. Yeah. And I've heard it talked about as being not just for empaths. I've heard this talked about other spaces also, but I really took it to heart when I heard it about being an empath Mm. is that. You need to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. A thermostat, just for everybody listening, if you're like, what what does that even mean? A thermostat is something you go to and you press the buttons and the temperature changes. Right. Right. It's the the mode that's in control in the home of the temperature. Correct. 
a thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. Mm-hmm. And typically for an empath, we can tell you what the temperature is. Without a doubt. We can also set the temperature. Anyone can set the tone, right? Yeah, empath or not. Exactly. We just have to be super intentional to set the tone. Correct. Or it can wreak havoc on our peace and our environment. Yeah, and and be catastrophic to our own relationships. Yeah. For sure. Like if you if you're in an environment where you were perfectly fine mm-hmm. and the energy in the room changes and it's not fine anymore. I often describe it as whoa. <laughs> if it's too intense, right. I can almost start feeling like something's wrong with me. Yeah. Mhm. It's not like that all the time. No. But if it's super intense, I kind of like I can exhibit emotion like I can get overwhelmed or I can cry or whatever it is. And I have actually had to stop myself and be like, what are you upset about? Right. And dial it back to be like, I'm not upset about anything. What was happening in the moments before I started feeling this way? Mm -hmm. You know, and dialing it back to this changed in the environment. Correct. This person came in, this conversation was had, these words were spoken. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, yeah, we feel our own emotion. But a lot of the time we're picking up junk that doesn't belong to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just need to have a friend who just says that's their crap. Leave it there. <laughs> Leave it there. You have enough of your own. Faux show. <laughs> it's so true. And the boundary element of empaths to go back to that, too, is crucial so and that's where I hit my breaking point in college as I was a resident advisor Mm -hmm. in a dorm with hundreds of other students (laughs) literally a war room for an empath right and I was like the emotions of college girls oh my gosh and I was on a co-ed floor so r.i.p literally bless and every other floor above and below me was all male or all female. Uh-huh. I was exhausted all the time. And I could not figure out why. I could cry at the turn of a dime, which I still can't. Like, that's still very relevant. But it was over, over the top. Mm-hmm. And it was debilitating. And I didn't know. It got to the point where I truly felt like there was something wrong with me. And I was having thoughts that I hadn't had thoughts in of in years. I was feeling a lot of things. And it turned out that that was thoughts of a female two floors above me. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we prevented any intense things that happened. And I'm not saying, oh, I saved this person. Right. But that's the danger of that's a very dramatic danger of an empath who can't, who hasn't learned to set those boundaries for right. themselves and know when they need to pull away and recover. Right. I, within like a few weeks, quit that job because I realized what I was going through. Right. Um, it was the best time and the worst time. I met my the husband. Best times and, and the worst of times. And that's fine. And I'm gr- very grateful for it. 
But that is so wildly important. We Mm -hmm. talked about our game nights Mm -hmm. in a previous episode. They can be the best and they can also be the worst based off of what if it's going to bring the game we're playing and if it brings me peace or whatever. And it could also just who? Yeah. (laughs) It could also just be what is everyone bringing to the table? And have I prepared my heart and my mind and my soul? To walk into that space, to be for it to be a great space for everyone, so that that space can be a perfect temperature for everyone. Because if I'm not doing the work right. to be prepared to set the temperature and be right. that thermostat, that's not fair to everyone else. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose. I mean, they chose to be my friend, but they didn't choose to be an environment, especially with freaking two, two empaths. empaths. So say a little prayer for our friend group. Right. But also, you know, there's, there's negatives that come with being friends with an empath. Oh, right. I'm sure. But I, yeah, for sure. For sure. There are, I mean, you might not want us to know what you're dealing with. You know, I mean, you might not want us to know that you were just fighting with your husband in the parking lot, you know, but I can almost guarantee you that I know sometimes that you are right. I mean, when other people would be completely oblivious to that. Right. Right. Good news is about it is that I don't make it my business. Right. right? But it's there, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're so right in that setting the temperature can be so important. But here's the thing. We're responsible for setting our temperature, Mm. not everyone else's. That's true. And I feel like it's type two <laughs> Enneagrams. That part of us comes out hard because we want to make sure that everyone is happy mm-hmm. and everyone is comfortable. Right. Right. Especially when we host a game night. Let's just use that example. Right. Right. When we host people in our home, our wing three comes in hard. At least it is for me. I think it is for you too. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want everybody to feel welcome. I want everybody to feel at peace and encouraged and loved and have fun and all these things. But it's not our responsibility to make sure that everybody else is okay. Mm-hmm. It's our responsibility to make ourselves okay. Right. Right. And we have a hard time with that. Yeah. Cause if we can pick up that somebody isn't quite, we want to make it better. Right. What, at whatever cost. Yeah. And that is a benefit of being a friend with an empath. A hundred percent. If you lean into it, <laughs> you know, because if, if I can tell or you can tell, that something's not right with one of us or with one of our friends, it's great because we can reach out and be like, hey, I feel like you're going through something or I feel like something's not right. Do you want to talk about it? Like, how can I support you? Like, whatever. Like, how how can I do that? We're very Mm -hmm. intuitive and kind of know when things are happening. Right. That can be an incredible benefit for friends or other relationships. Oh, for sure. You know? We just have to be careful as empaths to set the right boundaries so that we're not overextending ourselves and so that we're not taking on other people's stuff or we're not trying to people please. <laughs> we're just trying to set the temperature in, in our lives and in our environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is basically a whole nother level of taking responsibility for yourself. 
Oh, whole nother level. I feel like we just have to work on that piece even harder because we feel so much. Yeah. And it sounds very, if you have never heard of an empath, if you aren't one yourself, this can feel very, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Woo-woo. Woo-woo for sure, but, Mm -hmm. like, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that possible? What does that mean? It's not like we can, like, we're Raven Simone from That's So Raven where we can see the future. And that's not what we're talking about. We're not psychic. We don't know that. We might have intuition that you aren't okay. Right. And then find out that it's because of a fight with your husband or your partner. But we don't know the contents of that fight or what happened. You know, I just feel like that needed to be clarified. But also, it's a lot to take in if you've never. In that situation, you just pick up on the tension. The tension. Yeah. The the vibe. I thought that was like everybody could feel that way and be that way. And in, in some certain cases, yes, everyone can. But empaths really do feel it from a totally different realm. And once you figure out and do some research behind empaths and what Mm -hmm. that feels like, it's a lot easier to reconcile with, which sounds negative, like it's a a burden to be an empath. And I think it's – once I figured it out, I felt like it was a superpower. Mm -hmm. Um, And I use it to my advantage. I'd kind of rather be one than not. Yeah, most days. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, that's another negative is – if it's not in control, not that it's not in control, but if you don't have those boundaries in place, we can be really reclusive yeah, and be kind of like loner in that regard. Because um, we're so tired. So tired. And I saw myself doing that a lot. But now I know when I when to say no mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? Going to the farmer's market on Saturday sounded like really fun. I'm tapped out. I'm not an introvert by any means. I'm definitely an extrovert, but my empath definitely makes me more introverted as far as how I need to recharge. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm actually going to have to cancel on Farmer's Market because I need to recover mm-hmm. so that I can have fun at game night tonight. Right. And in, because that seems like it's going to be something I want to look forward to mm-hmm. and be responsible for myself. Right. And as twos and being an empath, it's so difficult yeah. to recognize that rest and recovery is so, so important. So important. And just to kind of round out this episode, if you are an empath, you can often feel like the odd man out, so to speak. In that you feel things so deeply, Mm. you pick up on what feels like every little thing. And it can feel like, especially in your relationships, that if someone is upset that it's directed at you because you're picking up on it. But I want to encourage you that it's not you most of the time most of the time it's just them you just notice it and feel it and it doesn't make you too much not too much you're not too little not too little you're just enough just enough